podcast where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to This Is Happening. This is Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. And today we are joined by the beautiful, fabulous, talented drag queen, Fina Barbatal. Hello. Hey, Fina Barbatal. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. We're back to one of our recurring themes on This Is Happening, which is exploring the world of drag. Thank you for inviting me up here into the Hollywood Hills um, <laughs> with limited parking. <laughs> the parking was limited. Apologies. There was a parking, Apologies. yes. There's a little bit of a parking communication situation. Snafu, had I known. It's, it's an adventure when you have to park in front of Taylor Swift's, you know, billion-dollar mansion. <laughs> Seriously. You have to read the signs. Would that that were true. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, you know, we... Um, I'm at Finette Precinct. Yeah, that's right. The gay bar in downtown LA. And right when I saw her, I was like, you must come on our podcast. And she was like, who are you? <laughs> I, I was really like, okay, so here's this like adorable kid. He's like wasted drunk. Yeah. And I'm sober because I had to drive. Because in LA, they get work. Do you Do you eyes to every single... They do. Everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been terrified. I used to drive drunk every night in Boston. Every single night and drive. Yeah. I don't drive home drunk. Yeah. Not here, because they terrified. Somebody, everyone's like, oh, they no, they're them out, extremely like... aggressive yeah. with it. So you I gotta was be careful. Yeah. Stone cold sober when I met you. And uh, I was like, oh, this, this kid is adorable. Uh, me? And he's a very yeah. good booker for yeah. our show because people yeah. are like, yes, I want to spend more time with Nathan Strike. Well, sure. Oh, stop. <laughs> you too, you too. I so like, do you like turn around while they're like in mid pound and say, hey, would you come on the show? Exactly. I'm like, please come on the show and come in. Me. <laughs> oh my God. I guess some, maybe. Oh my God. This is an explicit maybe word. Maybe some of the guests have been booked that way. I don't know. but No, see, no, no. Actually, they haven't. Often, I'm, I'm very professional. Not Meatball? If, if, uh, not Meatball. She is not a top. <laughs> we did we discussed yes, that. Yes. We discussed that on on the pod. But um yeah, uh you know, when I ask someone, you know, they're like, mm, I don't know, maybe. But then I you know, if I if I have Nathan kind of like in the wings, I'm like, Oh, and he's my co host, they're like, Oh, definitely. Well you that. look more legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> That's like It's I a mean, nice tag team. But at the same it's a time, good combo, yeah, we like it. We're similar because we both uh are in our 30s and dressed like teenage runaways. Sure. Mm, and yes. you actually look respectable and legitimate. Uh-huh. So I try. <laughs> there's there's the... Uh, I have the patina. No, Eric, you, know, you do have the patina. Patina. Oh, okay. Well, this is Hollywood. Um, no, I have no Tina at all. That is a bad. No party in podcast. We are not doing nothing. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, I've, no. You know that terrified rule about that. When I first moved to Hollywood two years ago, well, I lived in Hollywood for a year and it was so scary. Oh my God. We lived right by Runyon Canyon. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God! Just every single grinder profile was like capital T's and all sorts oh, of. Oh, yeah. it's crazy how prevalent it is. I think is. that's mm-hmm. what people use grinder for: is to find meth. Yeah. No longer love. You got to no. be careful. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, indeed. Well, <laughs> and, um, speaking of drugs, <laughs> your your name, Fina Barbatal. Barbatal. Yes, which is what's the story an behind opioid? That? Is that an opioid? Well, when I was uh, when I was younger, when I first started out in drag, my uh, when did you start? God, I was a child. I was a teenager. Love it. Like uh, sixteen, I started dressing in drag. That's in young. high school, and then um, I went to a school for performing arts in Massachusetts. Which one? From Pioneer Valley Performing Arts, okay. PVA. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, it is a charter school. A lot of drama surrounding charter schools now, but gotcha. It was a charter school, and they had a, yes, a drag show. DeVos would support that, probably. Oh, best. Or sec- yeah. <laughs> they had a drag show at oh, your high school. Oh yes. Oh yes. We and didn't even have a GSA, Gay Straight Alliance, at my school. Oh, my whole school was a GSA. It was like a hippie commune. And uh, so my my I met these people. My friend Alex Leger got me into um, like looking better, 
because at that point it looked like I rolled around on some black eyeliner and sure. know, yeah. I was going to, you know, touch it up paint a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, and his friend Ryan, you know, taught me how to like, you know, do more of a glamour look. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> quickly that transformed into me turning 18, still being in high school because I stayed back, uh, and working in nightclubs. Which ones? Was, in, was, in Western Massachusetts. Oh, not West. So not. I was thinking Boston. Oh no, this is this is pre-Boston. I started at this club called Divas. In what town? In Northampton, Massachusetts, and Northampton. Oh, that's a great town because it's a college town, and there's yeah. like Amherst and UMass and I all grew of up those. In Amherst. Very cool. Amherst is the only city I've been to in Massachusetts. Why? Why'd you go? Um, I went. I worked. How did you avoid summer. the other towns? Yeah, I must have just, I drove driven through. through. <laughs> but we stopped in Amherst because I I worked at a summer camp in upstate New York, and one of my coworkers there lived in Amherst. And so, um, after camp ended, we we went back up to her house, stayed with her, and then did a road trip across half the country to Iowa to visit another friend from camp. It's a really Jeez. great um, place for people to. Um, Start performing. Um, oh yeah, that that whole five college towns oh, thing. Because yeah. my my one of my oldest friends, Andy, went to Amherst and was you know he and I were in a band. I, I keep mentioning this. I don't know why, but the Stingrays. The Stingrays seem to yes. come up every podcast. Uh, I, know, I, I don't episode. know why, but um, <laughs> he was then in another band uh, called the Vestrymen, which got signed to a, um, a record label, and they but that's how they started in those bars for colleges and um i would go you know i was always a fan of 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 him you know even when we were in a band together and afterwards um i would go see them perform all over that part of the country it was really fun so many great like places in in around uh amherst and in yeah it must have a lot of like bars and a scene if there's so many yeah there's there's smith college and oh smith college yes the women's college it was I would say that Northampton is where lesbians are born. <laughs> it is, it's, all, it's all lesbians. And if you were born a man in in, uh, in Northampton, I swear to God, you just slowly transition into a woman. And hence, hence your career, Fina yeah. Barbatol. Did yeah. your parents work at the college, a, a college or something? Or? No, my um, my mother was a, is a, um, was a kindergarten teacher. Aww. Uh, retired a few years back. Nice. 32 years. Good for her. And my dad was also a teacher of art. Oh, um, amazing. My brother went to UMass. Um, I have a sister. She did not go to UMass. It was... Uh, UMass was... It was such a... It's like its own town because it's so huge. Yeah. Is that where you own... went, UMass? No. No. I dropped out of high school. Oh. Let's preface this with I am a complete loser. <laughs> well, not really because you're not. on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> to be fair, Meatball's been is... here too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I went to a school for performing so arts and it was not like um, a requirement to graduate. <laughs> sure. So it came time to graduate and they're like, well... Uh, the previous schools that you were in didn't give you enough credits, so you're going to have to stay back another year. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I've had enough schooling. I'm perf- At that point, I'm performing in nightclubs already. Right. I'm already That's doing what crazy. I do. So you're already seeing, like, I can do this as yeah. a job. Yeah. So I signed the papers, and I was like, all right, bye. And they Good let me you. participate in the graduation process. It was very fun. And, you know, have you ever seen the movie Fame? Uh, the movie fame yes so it's like that that's one of my favorites i've referenced it here um i love the movie fame and the tv show fame that's exactly that graduation was how my graduation was like everybody who was participating in performing art would get up and do their their thing but yeah i've never seen fame actually Oh, you know, oh, it's worth it. seeing, and and uh, I have a feeling we're going to be booking Erica Gimple, who starred as Coco. Oh, um, uh, do you have? A, do you know her? I do. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch the movie. Now. I, no, she's in the she's in the TV show. Even yeah. better. Mm-hmm. I watch it too. Yeah. Which um, one's better? The movie is quite good. Yeah. And, but you gotta see the movie too. I appreciate it. Yeah, the movie gotcha. is really, really, really. So good. does the TV show basically take the movie and then they it, can as a, continue as a jumping the story. off point? Yeah, it's yeah. a jumping off point. As most things, right? The the TV show is much more Debbie Allen centric than the movie was. Debbie, Debbie Allen is like an extra yeah, in the yeah. movie, pretty much. Um, but uh, uh, Julie Andrews. 
Julie Andrews is in it? No, she's not. But Irene Cara is in it. Gene Anthony Ray is quite good in it. Uh, Sarah Silverman. No. And uh, Whitney uh, Houston. None of those people are in it. But okay, let's get off fame. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to live forever. That's the song. I do know the song. That's what my that's school was like. And it was, uh, it was fun. I had my run and I did that. And then I moved to Boston. And everything kind of snowballed. Was there. Boston just like a simple move because it... W- the scene well, was Well, it was either Boston or New York City, and my mother didn't want me moving so far away. 18's pretty young Sweeter. to just move straight into the city. 19. I waited one year. 19, I moved to Boston, and I hopped around from different living situation, just kind of like, you know, as you do at that age. Yeah, yeah like totally. Scum it in a city. and Did you go on Craigslist or something? Oh, yeah, but not for... not for. Sure, back when it was Craigslist. Yeah. I yeah. moved to Boston <laughs> my first year out of college, and I think I've told this story, so I may be boring someone, including myself. I'll try to make it really brief. Um, I moved there with a college housemate we were both in the closet to each other, both gay, both, you know, mm-hmm. and we both moved to Boston to the gayest neighborhood in Boston, South End, and mm-hmm. the gayest street mm-hmm. in Boston, Gray Street. Mm-hmm. Everyone was the gay. The gays love gray. Every, okay. Everyone was gay on that street, every single person. But we were still maintaining our closeted status with each other. I was going out to this bar called Chaps. Oh, Chaps? Yes. So was he. I performed it Separately. Chaps. Is Chaps still around? No, uh, I think no, it's, it's closed a more it's a recently. It turned it's, into a different thing, and then it, it closed altogether. Yeah. Gotcha. But um, but you know, the, this was at a time when like Marky Mark was just coming out, and I remember yeah. Marky Mark performed at Chaps, and it, you know, in between his sets, he was like scream, you know, like people were like holding him back and throwing punches, and he was screaming "faggot." It was just like that's Whoa. not appealing. Why are you here? But um, you know, this is around the time he was like maimed some blinded some immigrant in, in an alley fuck oh, mark Wahlberg. i know he's you know he's a little fucked when up are those immigrants gonna catch a break <laughs> never this was like a thai person i believe but um but you know you can look this all were up. you out at, at the time when you moved to boston oh girl yeah <laughs> i mean you were working you were working as drag queen. Yes, right? yeah. I worked at Avalon. That's pretty out. And Access. Did you ever go to Avalon? I loved Avalon. Oh, so I was yeah. the last year of Avalon's existence. So Avalon was a club on Lansdowne Street across from Fairway Park. Yeah. They shared the same street. And it was the country's first super club. It was super fun. Ooh. I remember. And it was gay? Yeah. yeah. They had gay nights. It was, and mul- it, was pretty, it was pretty mixed on the weekends. You're right. Sundays it, was, nights. Sundays was a gay night. And so, so, so it had they, multiple levels, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they would open up on the weekends, like Friday and Saturday, they would open up all the clubs on the strip. And it, would, it was like just bananas. I was there in 92, totally. 93. That sounds like Wrigleyville in Chicago. Very oh. 2004. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to host their Gay Sunday as the last year of its existence. Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. That was like, so you really like made a splash in Boston. Yeah, like I, I came in and I, I got a job um, working as a, the email guest list girl. I would go around the club and collect your emails. At that point, and people were like, you know, on AOL emails. And you know, I would collect your email. And you get a you get a little message saying, you know, you want to be on the guest list. And, and it's it's funny, like you know, Nathan has a lot of drag queen friends, you know, and a lot of yeah. drag queens who like started drag, you know, at at the time that you might have like done drag on a lark, like maybe a girl and other people. Like, did didn't you, didn't she start drag like on a night that? Yeah, maybe we like kind of started drag as we were like really becoming close friends, and there were some nights that I went out and drag with her in her early stages, but it wasn't really something that. So like, it's really like a very it's a big part of your social circle are are people that are drag queens. Yeah, back in Chicago too, uh, I was all over the drag queens too, because I was just in the scene. It's kind of hard not to. At, at At what point did you decide to transition? You know, I've just um, <laughs> always been this but way. But many of those drag queens <laughs> who are your friends in Chicago ended up on, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, they famous. really they really blew up a Raja lot of guys. Well, Raja wasn't in Chicago when... But that's when you met her. I you met her. She was, she was doing a gig there. She had already met. done drag She was race. already... She'd already won. Yeah. But some of those hadn't, like Pearl, who was a yeah, yeah. hairdresser. Pearl started drag... I, like, went... To get my hair cut, and Pearl was like, "I went out and drag this weekend." Good for her. 
You and know so, what? you know, and, good for her. And my, you know, my interest, I didn't really know anything about drag when I lived in Boston. I was just, I, I wasn't out to people. I was just mm-hmm. discovering gay bars and making out with guys and, you know, didn't even have sex at all in Boston. And so I didn't have sex until I went to New York and met someone at the Roxy, this huge disco and this, you know, beautiful Brazilian guy and brought him back to my place and had no idea what I was doing, but, you know, fumbled my way through my first sexual experience. Thank you, whatever your name is, I don't remember, but um, that was <laughs> Rest in peace. 93. Well, could be. So, could be. So where, where, where did Fina Barbatal come from? Was that happening? Right. That was the, that was the, what we were getting at. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just, I was getting at something though, because um, the drag now thanks to RuPaul, has become much more mainstream and mm-hmm. the opportunity to like have careers out of it. Like when I came to New York, I met, you know, through a friend, Julian Fleischer, who was writing a book called DQNY, and it profiled all of the drag queens of that era, the mm-hmm. early 90s, in New York. You know, so it was like Sherry Vine and um Lipsinka. Lip Lipsinka, Gerlina, um, who's now Lena Bradford, um Bunny. Lady Bunny, exactly. Um Raven O, all of these people um who were stu- and Justin Vivian Bond who was doing Kiki and Herb. It, I it was, love Well that's one of my favorite people in the world. Oh my god. I mean and, and the most and I've gotten to hang out and see Vivian perform everywhere like so then i fell in love with the art of drag and loved to go see it and now you know but but rupaul really made a difference and rupaul like famously said in uh her show um you know i'm a i'm a motherfucking marketing genius you know i took drag and made it you know marketed it to a mainstream yeah. world that made it mainstream and, and she did i hats yeah. off to rupaul for yeah. that um, but it's it's very cool, and now you work in that world, and in addition to your own performing, you are connected to a number of very famous drag queens through RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Yes, well, let's can can what? we hear where Fina Barbatol came from before Sorry. we? Sorry, I jumped ahead. <laughs> when did you first name yourself that? Uh, it was a friend of mine, uh, Dave, came to me one day and said his mom was taking this drug called phenobarbital. Oh, God. And I looked at him and I said, oh, yeah. And he, he's like, yeah, that would be an awesome name. <laughs> and at that point, I was, an, I had another name, uh, Luscious Dakota. <laughs> and that name was given to me by uh, Alex and, and um, my friend Alex in high school. But then I killed her off in a dramatic spin <laughs> yes, one night at a club. Yes. And then the next week, Fina Barbatol was born. Oh, cool. And she was like a different attitude. She had a What was Luscious' attitude? Luscious, um, I think she thought she was like Spanish. <laughs> I, had, I had jet black hair that I would put up into like a ponytail and like, you know, thin chola brows, black lip liner. Oh, for sure. You know, the whole nine yards. I, I'm, I We were so close to Holyoke and Springfield and that those were all my... Idols. Maybe I thought I was a Jennifer Lopez impersonator. Totally. <laughs> no, but Fina Barbatol was definitely. Do you speak you know, Spanish? No. No. <laughs> you barely speak English. Sure. Uh, Fina Barbatol was definitely um, a character that just kind of developed over the years. I knew that she was more of a, a rough. Um, she was like the, the rocker chick. Yeah. You know, she was kind of like a, a metal girl. And um, she's very funny. Well, thank you. Uh, when I started working in Boston, like some of my first things I ever did were like Hedwig and Angry Inch, and oh, like you know, God, I love, love Hedwig. Looks were very like punk rock inspired or like Gem and the Holograms, like that kind of um, spiel. And then you know, I met a lot of great people in Boston um, who I still am in touch with today. And one of those people was Katya. Mm. We met, um, I think, over. Because that's where Katya's from, mm-hmm. is Boston, and started out yeah. there. At the same time yeah. as you? Uh, after me. I oh, after. Point that out. She was in college. Uh, and Katya's a drag queen that's been on multiple seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race, for anybody who maybe is totally unaware yeah, of Yeah, Katya, yeah. you know. They was made on... her into a Funko Pop. If you don't know who she is, you're deaf, dumb, and And blind. also, <laughs> Katya has a series with uh, Trixie Mattel called yes. uh. Uh. Right. Or the Trixie and Katya show <laughs> at times. 
so we met uh, over a decade ago and uh you know we just kind of really hit it off and we got each other's sense of humor and you know we really i can see really that clicked very well so when it came time um for her to be on the show it was like it was so exciting you know i was there you know to help her you know choose what outfits to bring and like you know the whole process is very exciting and we were all very happy for her and then when um it came time for her to go on to bigger and better things moving here to la she took about six months to convince me to move here with her oh that's so sweet so it was like she didn't want to do it alone she wanted someone from that she knew well she needed an accountability buddy (laughs) (laughs) i think i was just there to make sure that she didn't jump off a bridge um, gotcha. So wow. we moved here two years ago, and we lived in Hollywood, right, right by Runyon Canyon, totally, uh, for a year, and that was great. And the apartment was oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that you know, and she's that's rich. a nice part she, she of town. She got to you know, not the worst person to move to Hollywood. No, with. definitely not, definitely not. And you know, I moved here after. Doing Dragon Boss, and I was working five, six nights a week. Yeah. It was my... I was making a living before Drag Race. I made a living off of drag before Drag Race. I've also been a makeup artist. I've worked for Mac for over a decade. But drag sustained me and my bills, my rent, my car payment, everything, for quite some time. And Drag Race came along. And I think in Boston, it was it became harder to do drag if you weren't on Drag Race because mostly... Uh, that's Boston, who they wanted to book. Right. That's who they wanted. That They kind of came in and took all the, the big the bigger bookings. And but, the headliners. Yeah, the headliner things. But don't... I mean, they need other other queens to fill a bill, right? I mean, doesn't It that, took a while for that to even okay. out. It took a while. It took many years. Because it does seem to... Yeah, because the, the explosion was really big. And so, then everybody yeah. was like, I want to see... And mind you, I also met... Me and Jujube from season two of RuPaul's Drag Race, we met in Amherst when she went to Amherst when she went to UMass. We met at a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, that's right. She's from Boston too. Yeah, that's so. I love Jujube. We became very close friends, and we we kind of started drag at the same time together. We did a lot of gigs. I brought her to her first gig at Divas, Um, and then we lived in Boston together for a year. We moved in together, and when she got on the show and it was all kind of like just starting at that point, no one really cared. Like we would do viewing parties and no one would come. Yeah. It didn't really hit for a minute. I guess. I mean, you know, my friend who's been on the podcast, uh, Doug Buton, was representing Absolute uh, right from the beginning. Pride tour. (laughs) Well, well, he did that, but also like they had those Absolute lounges. They had the Absolute lounge, and then they they had like Jeffrey Moran, you know, from Absolute would come on as a guest judge. You know, he had really had no personality, but they were just um, trying to get. They were just getting their their shit together and and. We but were trying to Doug, get... Doug was on the set and invited me to all, to all the premieres and things. So I was very aware of Drag Race right from the beginning. And I thought it was an amazing show. Those early yeah. absolute lounge <laughs> parties, those were like uh, the shit back that's, then. That's they like, were legit drunk. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I think yeah. Jujubee tells oh, the story. Like, yes. It's oh, she, her, yes. she's How that. drunk she got is why they can only have one drink. It is. It is. You know? But it, Doug it, told me it was so was funny because she would tell me, like, uh, she was telling me that she was just drinking everybody else's drink. At that point. <laughs> but we were, it was such an emotional uh, moment because it was a singing challenge and we all knew that Airline Jujubee could sing for real and we're like, oh, this bitch is going to nail this challenge. Oh my gosh, she's got it and the nerves got the best of her and you know, uh, it led for it made great TV. Yeah, and it really made her a star because people really, you know, oh, saw good. that he, you know, the saw that there was like a really good TV moment there, and he had some heart, and people like fell in love with him at that point. Yeah, and then he took his eyelashes off, and I couldn't watch it anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we I've experienced the drag race phenomenon since the very beginning. Were you auditioning yet? For it? Yes. And, All that time? Uh, season season three, I made it onto the blooper reel okay. on TV. Mm-hmm. And um, and then off and on, you know, kept up with the show, would audition, 
And then when Katya got on, it was such a huge phenomenon at that point that it was like, oh, girl, this is incredible. And uh, you know, then we moved here. And I went from working five, six cents a week to not having any work, because when you move to California, uh, I think we just kind of assumed that, you know, the drag community would instantaneously embrace, uh, you. embrace me and throw cash, in <laughs> which is, which is not, which is not the case. Um, Did it feel clicky know. or was it just, it's just a thing that you have to you kind have of to work your way in? slowly like yes, start there, at the ground I, I had the, I had the advantage of like being Katya's friend. Right. You know, so, so that's there, there are people like people that I'd met um, throughout the years um, who Definitely were helpful. Morgan McMichaels, yeah, she is mm-hmm. one of the sweetest. People I hear I've the ever best met. things. You know, about her, one of the hardest working people in Hollywood. But just and just creates so many opportunities yeah. for drag queens. Um, Delta work. Yep. Mm. You know, she's always so sweet. Emmy winner now. Emmy winning Delta work, and then I met um, I met Meatball. And <laughs> He's a good friend of Nathan's you know, and has been on the pod. What can't you say about her without, um, you know, being called a Nazi? Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's so weird. There's like a, there's like a taste and a smell. Um, but her and Marta Bichu. Um, oh, yeah. They really, totally. They really kind of like put me up here and like gave me my first like real bookings and um yeah because it was at precinct where you were booked where nathan met you yeah and precinct was actually the first place i was ever booked in california uh for bonkers which was yeah beats show for sure did you know thor i did yeah yes we met quite a few times me too i i used to date him a little bit years and years and years ago thor Thor? no no thor who owned and ran uh, precinct who is now dead yes yes Yes, yes, i don't know what happened um but i was so excited when he was talking about opening precinct and no one there were no gay bars downtown you know when he was running um what is that (coughs) bar um fault line yeah he was running fault line which was kind of falling apart um, because Which I bad at once and what a odd uh, that there's there's no roof. Someone was smoking yes, a cigarette at the an bar outdoor. and I said, "What are you doing? You're inside." And they let me point it up, and I was like, "Oh, there's no roof on that <laughs> side." If you go, yeah, it's technically in... their patio, which is <laughs> yeah. really funny. So I performed on their patio. Mm-hmm. But I, I have not been happy with Fault Line since they've taken new ownership. No, the ownership um, there has kind of driven it into the ground, and that was. Part of the problem, you know, that's what Thor recognized. Fault Line was really great when I moved here four years ago. I agree. I really? loved it for a long time. It was way more um, like Eagle. It was like okay. they were playing porn and just had lots of fun things well, on the, the walls. Well, the Brothers, you know, yeah. did their shows at Fault Line before, yeah. the, before Precinct. Yeah, that's where Dragula was. That's why I went and saw Dragula for yeah. So they would do a lot of fun different things. I mean, I remember like a few years ago, um, you know, Someone came here, Xanadu Darling, um, a, a drag queen, and was like, I've got to go do this, like, jello wrestling thing at Precinct. And everyone no, that line. was here, sorry, at, at, at Fault Line, and everyone yeah. that was here was like, what? That sounds like so much fun. And so we all went, and um, it was so much fun. It was like the Boulet Brothers, like, having drag queens wrestle in... Cake batter. In cake batter. <laughs> it wasn't jello. We did jello wrestling. <laughs> Many eons ago. I would not want to jello wrestle you. We did it for a year. <laughs> did it for years in Boston. There are videos on YouTube of me jello wrestling. Did you anybody ever get hurt? Oh, I used to get, I got a rug burn once on my shoulder, but I used to do it up. So I would play, I would play hot for the teacher and I would come out and I would do like a full strip tease. Ooh, and, then yes. I, and then I would like pour some sugar on me and I have two champagne bottles and get into the uh, it was like a huge kiddie pool like <laughs> full of jello and For I would sure. shake up the bottles and like pour all the champagne all over me and like have like my white snake video moment awesome oh, I and love then, that and then I would jello I sold my best friend who was a porn star at the time uh-huh. ooh that sounds <laughs> great oh, yeah good. That's, yeah. A, that's a good booking yeah yeah <laughs> But it got to the point where it was like they didn't want to pay us enough, and you know it's painful and it's it's uncomfortable, and it draws the biggest crowd. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. Maybe yeah. not to participate in. But Sometimes yeah. it is fun to participate in. But maybe hard to collect tips since you're so jello Yeah, there was no tip collecting. Yeah. Because people don't but really throw it. The best was like those like random gays would show up in their very expensive jeans and stand in the front row. And it's like, <laughs> oh, dude, I would take my wig off, dump it in the jello and whip it around. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was getting wet. Everyone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. I mean, to get stage. Did you get cake things. battered? I, all over. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I performed there. Uh, a pickle is another person who has definitely championed me in this. Also a friend of Nathan's. I, I love Pickle. Pickle's booked me quite a few times. She's incredible. Um, he uh, booked me at Faultline to do a number there, and I'll never forget getting up on the stage and feeling the stage kind of move and then going, nope. And I got yeah. <laughs> off the stage and did my number on the, on the floor. Yeah, that stage isn't, like, built in exactly. Neither am I, so <laughs> God willing. So are, are you? have you found that now that you've been here for a while, it's been easier to break into the thing? Are you, bu- are you booking more consistently? Well, I, I ended up getting a once-a-month uh, booking, and you got mail. Um, where is that? It's at Precinct. That's where we met. Who's, who hosts that? Jeremy. Oh, yes, yes, Kido. yes. Is it Saturdays? Yes. It's yes, a, yes, yes. It's I've been to that. Yes. On Saturday month. Because we met there. Yeah. Right. And that's like my favorite. It's my favorite night. Yeah, it's a great night. 90s night, you know. Totally. The oldest drag queen that they had in the show. So at that point, I was the only one that was really like, remember like, the 90s. I remember the 90s. That was <laughs> my, the 90s were my time. So it's a really fun night. I love it. It's, it's packed. Like the guys are hot. The drinks are great. It's my favorite night. Totally. And you said you also just recently toured with Trixie. Yeah. So when I came here with Katya, I hadn't a job or anything really to do for a while. And I just started playing with her wigs and I had always styled my own wigs and, um, you know, she was filming uh, at that point. And Katya's wigs are stunning. Thank you. Honestly, they really are. She buys quality. You know, you start with quality and then, you know, you end with trash. Sure. So I would just like sit there and play with her wigs. How long does a wig last? Uh, It depends on, you know. The quality? It well it depends on how you take care of it. Yeah. Mm, right. Um so she then, you know, began to employ me to do wigs for her and it was it was very fun. And then when the uh Trixie and Katya show got picked up to be on Vice Sand, uh her and Trixie invited me to be their on set hair and makeup person. That's great. So that um so that was non-union non-union because it's reality Mm -hmm. is it still happening no it's happening for world of world of wonder yeah so they went right they had one season on tv uh katya took a break from drag um and she was very public about what you know she needed a mental health break yes yes she was constantly seeing you know those pink elephants fucking each other sure you know, it's just, it's one thing, but then it's I think... It's just a little bit, of, I mean, it just seems like an overwhelming transition to all of a sudden just be, like, thrust into, like, having, you know, to, I mean, it's like an amazing well, opportunity. Going, going from, like, you know, drag for us was always, like, okay, the girls that we had to look up to, you know, in the olden, olden time, days were drunk, drug addict hookers who were <laughs> thieves, you know, so for us, drag was, like, that. Yeah. So it didn't have to be, like... <laughs> Put in this mainstream category and have to be all like prim and proper and nice and hugging children and all that, right. all that crap in nature. Oh my god, you yeah. Know. And the spotlight and the and the demand is not is not uh wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's not always wonderful. It's not always wonderful for everybody. No, and, and and depending on where you are in your headspace, different you people, know. you know, react differently to it. And you know, I, I mean recently Pearl, you know, has come out with a very disturbing video about, you know, her past and 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 the what happened, you know. What did happen? What uh, happened, Pearl? Who cares? What, but, exactly. Um, but no, but honestly, <laughs> no. But I, I watched it. I was like, okay, that's very troubling. Um, but um, some of it touched on like, you know, this 
the transition into fame, which is not easy for anyone. Well, listen, you know, I was very close to Katya and we lived together and it was, it was very hard to watch her transition into a woman so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think when she finally got the breast implants, that was the final straw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so transphobic. Well, when you're rich and white and you got, you know, you live in Hollywood and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want. What else could you possibly dream of besides happiness and everybody leaving you the fuck alone? Yeah. (laughs) Like Greta Garbo. Exactly. I want to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) So then I I did do the Trixie and Katya show and that was wonderful and that was fun. And when... uh, and shortly after me and Katya, I, I moved out and I wanted to live by the ocean. So I moved to Long Beach. And I was looking for work. Katya was taking a break. You moved out was... in uh, solo. Yes. Uh, Katya was taking a break. So I was looking for work. Trixie needed, just happened to need an assistant at the moment. Uh-huh. And Perfect. so things just kind of fell into place. And then she was going on a tour and she asked me to <laughs> join her on this crazy tour. Well, yeah, you know. Oh, so you're like you were performing with her, like not a... performing. I I was uh, I was her assistant, so I would carry the bags. Oh, I, I would, see. I would basically take care of the costumes and makeup and wigs. Did okay. you guys have a tour bus? Oh yes. And so the book, the tour was booked. Oh yeah. And it's just Trixie, not Trixie performing with other people. She had an opening act, which was her music producer Brandon. Okay. And so he would come out and do fifteen minutes, and he works at this uh, piano bar in New York City. Mercy Crisis, something Crisis. Marie's Crisis. Marie's Crisis. So yeah. he does like a piano act, fun, where he does like a sing along and he gets drunk and he's wonderful and he's adorable. Oh, that guy. sounds amazing. Yeah, and he has his own original music as well. So he would come out and do fifteen minutes and open up the show and warm up the crowd. Do they write music together? Or Trixie writes all of the music. All of her own music. Yeah. What um what sort of venues was she booking out? Oh, I'm talking like House of Blues, like big like. You know, so this wasn't corner music. shop gay bar Bob, in the Bob the Drag, Drag Queen music video when I played that. He was a video um, hoe. I was a video hoe. Yeah. I was a holiday elf him? video <laughs> hoe. If you ever do a video and need a video hoe, Fina, I will do anything. Oh, Within reason. That's why he's a video Within hoe. Within reason. He's like, I will do anything. <laughs> well, if I become talented enough one day to have a music video. Then you have. Course. We've seen them. Yeah, you've got music videos out. Sure. <laughs> you got a music video out. I have a music video yes that was created for an audition for, for Drag Race where did you shoot that? in the garage at our apartment complex in Hollywood well, Beyonce shot a video in a parking garage yeah who has it? she's Beyonce truth yeah those cornrows in that video god oh. that was sexy you should do and a parody of that. You did. Uh... <laughs> I did do grape nuts. <laughs> Is it okay? Can we do cornrows yet? Is that okay? I don't know. I don't really have a desire to do uh, cornrows. I mean, Bo Derek did it in 1980. Yeah, well, yeah, back... 1980 was different. Yeah, it was okay to be a, you know, rip off black culture it, it, back yes, then. A, a cultural appropriation. I think yes. in the era of Trump, you really can rip off anything you want. Oh. God, something that will haunt me till the day I die is when he you was fucked like, Trump. Oh, <laughs> I've Eric done like worse that. for less. <laughs> worse, I can't imagine. They were selling as a gag the Make America Great Again happen, and I was like, oh, this is before. It was when it was still a parody, basically. Yeah, so I bought one and I did this whole like Trump drag look, and it was. You know, it was very funny, and I oh, I, that is funny. I wore the hat with a crown and made it covered in flowers, and like I thought it was like you know this funny thing, and then like months later it all just oh I would he was running and yeah totally he won. is it, that it what was, you mean I'm talking like I'm talking like um, in the spring of uh-huh. of um, 2015. 2015 spring of 2015 I wrote a song on piano called Donald Trump for President that was like a total like vote for Donald Trump blah 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 and it was like a parody of like you know. It was uh, it was not positive for him, but it was just a joke because I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I think like, it's actually one of the first things I saw of your work after we met. I was like, who is this Nathan Strafel? Blah blah blah. Uh, looked up your YouTube, 
And it was one of the things on there. And then later I had to go in and be like, I'm not endorsing Donald <laughs> Trump for president. I just want to make this no, clear was, for people that very, don't get it. It was clever. And, and but funny. now that we're there, what do you think? I think four more years. Four more years. Four more years. Four more years. No, I have already said that. I mean, if if he wins again, I'm out. I'm out of this it's bitch. It's so crazy. I will not put anything past America at this point. Uh, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. Like I watch really, the view we'll see. every day. Yeah. <laughs> Love that what do you think of the view right now? Who's and on it? Megan McCain. Megan McCain, which, by the way, someone needs to wrangle in... Megan McCain's hairstylist and let them know that a big girl does not need slick back yes. hair. But give her big a hair. A low pony slick back hair. No, give this bitch a drag look. A drag look. You know, <laughs> she's, a, she's a gay advocate as well. She is, actually. She you was know, an early gay advocate, some, too. Sometimes she's annoying as fuck. She's, she is annoying as fuck. But and every, I think she's the best like Republican voice they've had so far. I could not stand Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh my god. Do you remember the Rosie O'Donnell episode? Yes. Right. I go back and watch it every oh, few years so just good. to watch the drama. It's so good. Oh, the, the War in Iraq. Do you shit? remember uh, Debbie Matinopoulos? Yes. yes. So I, I was living in Silver Lake and um, when I first moved to LA and uh, was at a party at my upstairs neighbor's house and somehow someone's talking about The View and I think she may have just been fired and I just started talking about how, what an idiot <laughs> Debbie Matinopoulos was. And then someone was like, <clears throat> she was like literally right behind me. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I mean, you were terrible on the show, but I'm sure that you're, you're going to go on to do amazing things, Debbie. Sorry. It was very embarrassing. I've but... always loved that show. <laughs> it's a great show. I don't really watch daytime TV as a rule. It's on but... you can, you, I watch it later. <laughs> My morning routine, I wake up, I say, Alexa. Play NPR, <laughs> and then she does because she does whatever you do. What NPR yeah. shows do you like? Um, I, I miss Boston NPR because it was smarter. Sure. Not to like downplay, like you the, know what I like. I, I actually, I in the new year, I I cannot listen to anything about Trump anymore. I don't, I don't want to hear the news. I've kind I of don't. taken myself well, out of politics. So NPR, no, I listen to Morning Becomes Eclectic. Yeah. With Jason Bentley, which plays the best music. Why is this uh, off? Sorry. I used um, to listen to the talk, the Colin show every day with um, Larry. What's his name? Yeah, I don't like. It got a little older. There was there was over. the Boston version. The Boston version of of NPR was like you know because it's it's Harvard, it's smarter. Sure, it's they're New just, England. They're way more. They're way more staunch. No, and, there's and, some there's some actually some good shows here, but I, I will. I just can't. I can't listen to that bitch anymore. This bitch. Needs to fucking die. Needs yeah. needs to be murdered. And yeah. I just until he is murdered. Or, it's your second podcast where you. I'm advocating his murder. I really am. Come get me. Come get me. Why is this not off? <laughs> your hitman just hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> Someone texted me like, "You've got some, is my lawyer." Like, Shut the fuck up. Um, and um, you know, I've my never lawyer met is correct. Who hated Walt Disney so much. <laughs> no, I don't hate Walt Disney. You think you think Trump is uh, the reincarnation of Walt Disney? Oh, he's the frozen head. No, Walt Disney was a horrible Nazi, but did create magic. Nothing, nothing that Trump yeah, has Nazi done. Nazi magic. Nothing was 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 Disney a Nazi? He was a Nazi I... sympathizer. But it was, it was the times. It was the times. Yeah, but he was, was very of the times. He was anti-Semitic. Sure. You know, yeah. right. Sure. But I mean, he was funny. No, you know what? I'm not gonna say fun, anything. Fun about Nazi that. story. Okay, fun <laughs> Nazi story. Why not? Okay. So my my brother uh, did the uh, 2022 20, and 23 and me, and I always knew that my mother's uh, my mother's side of the family came from Austria. But it turns out that we came from a small Jewish village. Oh, so you're in a Jew. Austria. So we're Jewish, and it was the same village where Hitler's from. Mm. And so he wanted to kill those people. So you could yeah. be related to Hitler. No. I'm crossing my fingers. I mean, I don't look great in the mustache, but... Who does? But the, po- the point is, I mean, I think what you're saying is that he had a vendetta against the Jews in his own village. Yeah. And then took that global. So what yeah. are you going to do to L.A. then? Well... <laughs> 
Well, first I'm going to use my status as possibly related to Hitler to get on Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) That'll really, yeah. They do ask you questions and like they have this whole like questionnaire when you audition. Randy and Fenton will love that. I have only briefly (laughs) glimpsed the requirements for the questionnaire questionnaire is hilarious because you don't, okay. You don't have to tell the truth because who's fact checking you? Right. They asked me what inspired you to do drag, and I said, "Well, I'll never forget waking up September eleventh, two thousand and one, when the plane hit the first tower." I said, "You know what? Drag is for me." <laughs> but, but the no vocal fact checking and the vocal the vocals don't come through in the in the on the no, but they don't. But you, you have to write it That's out. A, you know, but yeah, no, that's a very, it's a funny sensibility, and someone will get that at some point. Yeah. Hopefully. You do have dark humor. Yeah. I remember you, when what, I met you, 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 and you I worked, was like, I don't know if I can even, how do I talk to this person? You worked on a show <laughs> produced by World of Wonder, so you you must have met Tom and, and I've, Randy I've, and I've Fenton. Met, I've and, met a few of them, yes. And, um, and, will you audition for it again, ever? Absolutely, I'll audition every year into like. And what's his name? I love that. Who do we know? And I'm gonna root for you, Pete. What's his name? Oh, Pete. Yeah, he does the Pete Williams, right? Yeah, love Pete. Well, because he 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 shoots all of the he uh, shoots all yeah stuff. Everything on World of Wonders website. We need to get him on too. We've we we have talked to him about. He's very fun to work with. We we love Pete. (laughs) Such a cutie too. He's and such a sweet guy. Somebody's here. Oh well. Um, they're gonna have. They're gonna have to wait. I mean, it's 2019. What do you guys got planned for this uh, this year? Oh, 2019. 2019. Well, Muggles. I, I mean, we we actually. You know what? I've been in this business for a, a, a minute, and uh, I've almost done, as long as you, Fina. I've done. Uh, I've done a bunch of things, <laughs> and I have to say that I'm loving doing this podcast. Anyone that's listening, thank you very much. I'm loving my collaboration with this Nathan Streifel, who is a joy. Um, and I think that there's a lot of things that we can do with this. We have a spin-off podcast in the works. We have events that we're planning. Um, more I, great guests. Yeah, great guests. Yeah. More drag queens. I mean, Less we're, meatball. We're, yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> just, we're, we're slowly working our way down through the world of drag. And we've, All we've the way reached Fina Barbatol. All the way to the bottom. <laughs> you know. I had to get no, my like hands dirty to get this one. You are pleasure. And I've seen, I've seen, I have, unfortunately I was not with Nathan that night that you were performing, but I've seen some of your stuff online. I've been reading about you. I do, I love a good drag act. And I love your sensibility. I think you're very funny. Thank you. Um, I think that you, you know. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, like, me and Trixie work really well together. Um, we have a similar uh, sense of humor. You and Trixie and Katia all have a very compatible, dark yes. sense of humor that yes. is just like, how how dark can we get? Like, let's talk about death. Let's talk about Nazis. Let's yes. talk about racism. In a, in a way, yeah, but in a way to demystify and like, that's what a lot of gay yeah. humor, drag humor has always been about. It's about the, the you know, Making the humor people, of rage, yeah, you know, making just like feel uncomfortable yeah. enough to talk about. Something like, yeah, we're a that community that's been attacked and you know and killed by Nazis and you know um, subjected to you know a plague, perhaps yeah. brought on by the government. Who knows? Um, not yet solved by no, the government. Not, Thank you very not. much. But um, you know, what can you do to respond to that? Be funny and use the you know that kind of gallows humor. And that, that's what some of the best drag is. And I feel like you understand that. Yeah, like. my drag is definitely not a cakewalk. I'm not here no. to look pretty in a picture. Yeah, I you mean, that you're not a pageant queen. I like the I like the punk rock aspect of drag. Yeah, like Hedwig. Oh, Hedwig. Divine. Mm. Oh, like, Divine. All yes. of that. Like, huge inspirations to me. When I was in high school, Kiki I read... Kiki and Herb. Just and Vivian Vaughn. And I've seen them live, and it's life-changing. It was life-changing for me, too. I flew back for their reunion in 2017 to Joe's Pub because I knew it would be, like, spectacular, and it was. Seeing them in Boston do their show, that was like, I'd never seen anything like that. It was so funny. Did you see Short Bus? 
the movie? Uh, yeah. No. So Short Bus is John Cameron Mitchell's follow-up to Hedwig. You can't tell the can story I'm not. I'm not no, but I, Justin Vivian <laughs> Bond is in it. There, okay, so Justin Vivian Bond plays the host of this sex club, um, and it's just... It's, it's a great brilliant, movie. Brilliant, brilliant movie. You'd love it. I'll have to do that in 2019. What's your 2019 goals? Well, uh, February till uh, the end of March, me and Trixie are embarking on a tour of Australia and the UK and then Europe. Amazing. Amazing. Have great. you been to Australia before? Never. I'm excited to sit on a plane for 14 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Um, I went to Australia once. I went to and Sydney. And have someone bark at you like, I need more peanuts. Thank you. You can't see this through the podcast, <laughs> but I'm a very large person. So sitting on a plane for any amount of time is uh, is a wonderful treat. Yeah. But, you know, I will follow her kind of anywhere just because it's it was so exciting. We were on a tour bus throughout the whole country. I saw the whole United States because of this person. It was insane. Have you ever been on a tour bus that so people sleep on? I have been on a van that a rock band uh, oh, toured no. on. Gross. Oh, Watch no. That worse. sounds gross. Much worse. These these tour bus. buses are, it's state of the art. There's 12 bunk beds. You sleep in a car. It's nuts. I have been on some relatively luxurious tour buses. But where do you put all the drag? Oh, underneath. There's a trailer hitch on the back. It is, it is such a well-oiled machine. And uh, Murray and Peter, who did the tour that we were on this year, like they had everything down and it was really fun. Well, it sounds like at this point, because there's been so many of these promoters and then you hear like Adore is suing this person and so and so is suing that person. These Um, promoters who like take advantage of people and whatever. But it's like it's great when there's this point. It sounds like Trixie has found like the right people to like do promote her tour and um, because some of those people are charlatans, but but uh, maybe maybe I think that's the nature of the, the nature of the business. Everybody wants their share, you know, and you. It is of, the nature of the business. You kind of dip around, and a lot of people do. You know, they change. I think it pays to be an honorable promoter who pays people on time, who honors oh, their yeah. word. Their this checks, is what my uncle their checks used were to on do. time, and they cashed correctly. That's great. Every single time. My my uncle, you know, produced rock concerts including Woodstock and many other things and um you know was I think always of the mindset to like be honorable, pay people, oh, make yeah. sure that people show up on time and treat it like a real business and don't be yeah. like a a crook. Yeah, spare no expense. Like you know, yes. you got to spend money to make it. It's like the Bill Graham. Um, well, no one knows who that is. I'm talking Billy these Graham. old, old references. But no, Bill Graham ran the Fillmore East and was an early rock promoter. But it, his philosophy of how you put on a show, you mm-hmm. know, and so there's obviously people still doing it in the world of drag. Oh yeah, and it and it will continue on for Lord knows how long. I'm crossing my fingers because I have a couple of. One woman show ideas for myself that I want to eventually. Uh, 2019 release. after the tour. Well, at this point, you have to get on Drag Race, in, yeah, to launch your your career, and then so, do it at the Lori Beachman. Yeah, I, I kind I want that RuPaul's like you know that signature that, that check off and that paycheck. Yes, <laughs> and then absolutely. you go on to do, and, and they're clearly aware of you, right? I mean, I mean, who knows? I don't keep track of that kind of stuff. I'm very. I'm self-aware, but I'm very, I try to not be aware of the hype of. Are there, because sometimes I see maybe it's on, I'm not talking about like, what is it, Reddit or something, but like, I do see articles sometimes that say like, who are the, you know. Up and comers. Yeah, and I feel like I've seen your name there. I I do. Well, those are a lot of people that are like heavy uh, users of like Instagram and, and things like that and. You know, I kind of joined Instagram after, like, after it, it popped. Hit. And, sure. And uh, I kind of, you know, I'm not great with it, um, not terrible with it, but it's it's kind of an art form. People really devote their whole lives to, you know, being a presence on there, and that's how they're known. But it me, is a always, lot of work. I do I'm, know I'm people that devote their lives. Yeah. I'm a performer. My drag is on the stage. Yep. My drag is not in a picture. My you know, it's more in a video, but it's my interaction is on stage. That's where I like to live. I think I think that sticking to 
as an artist sticking to and knowing what you do is going to be more beneficial in the long run than trying to chase Instagram or chase something else. Absolutely. If you stick with what you what you know is your gig, it will work and it will pay dividends and everything will come when it's supposed to come. And I've always said, you know, there's so I completely much agree with that. There's so much drag in the world now and it's all wonderful and great. And you know, you just kind of have to learn where you're or figure out where your place in it all is. And then you'll and you're really seeing happy. it done at the highest levels, you know. I mean, you've oh, done yeah. your thing for a very long time, but you know, being around, you know, Katia moving here and doing her thing, and now tour, you know, being on tour with Trixie. I mean, you're seeing, you know, how someone can sustain oh, yeah. and what you need to from do. The, from the two of them, I've learned it's it's such a good like learning uh, learning step because now I can go into let's say, going on to the show and then after the show, knowing already how to maneuver. You can step over their bodies as you rise. <laughs> well, Trixie always jokes that like, when, when my star rises, hers will be falling. And she be can be your assistant. I love that. Oh, I, hope, and, and I wish that for both of you. And it's definitely the Devil Wars Prada. Do no questions asked. It is the Devil Wars Prada. She is Miranda Priestley. Oh, uh, does she just like drape oh, her jacket? Oh, girl, Oh, where's that piece of paper I had in my hand yesterday morning? Get me that table I like downtown. It's exactly that. And it's because she had never seen the movie. Uh. And then we were on tour. And after the tour, she saw the movie and she was like, I get it. She got it. She got it. That is um, so funny. Yeah. She's like, give me Harry Potter 8. Um, <laughs> oh, no. She she made me watch horror movies and stuff. That's her gig. Yeah. Oh, horror movies. Okay. You have a favorite horror movie? Scream? Sure, that's a classic. Absolutely. Sure. Or I, I just watched recently Michael Jackson, This Is It. <laughs> that is a hard The movie. special <laughs> effects. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's going to die in seconds. <laughs> he already did. Well, no, but you're, when you're watching that, it's like... Right. Yeah, it's like he's, watching the you know, yeah. American Airlines hit the North Tower. Oh. <laughs> just oh, so inspirational rough yeah okay you're not kidding you're not kidding that that was your drag inspiration speaking of dark humor I mean, speaking of 9-11 now whenever we were on tour we had yeah. to sign a guest book I would always sign it out loud Al-Qaeda and I'm waiting to be on the list now oh oh like a, just uh, like no, Eric no every time fly. he references Donald yeah. Trump being murdered yeah one can hope a girl can dream a girl can dream of first class and pre-check. Mark Twain said, I've never wished somebody dead, but I've read, I've happily read many obituaries. I think I read that on oh, some meme So you're about to go out on tour. Um, yes. Do you have uh, anything to plug, any of your own appearances? You, you, well, you got mail yeah. when I'm home, when I'm in Los Angeles. Do you I'm have there. another one that's coming up? Before and you that is Saturdays. That is um, the first Saturday of the month? No, it's usually towards the end of the month. End of the month. Pay attention to the online. You can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Fina Barbital, F-E-N-A-B-A-R-B-I-T-A-L-L on Instagram and Twitter and Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. (coughs) My phone number is 413-360. You can give it if you want. Don't. We know know from experience the kinds of people that might be looking at this or listening to it. And then reaching out to us through social media and saying, I'd like to be on the podcast and I do such and such and whatever. No comment. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the drag race, like the, the fandom and the drag race fans are not as horrible as that. Uh, yeah, totally. Do you go to drag con? Yeah, I've worked uh, a few of them now. Yeah, it looks like a fun little industry thing. It is. It, it can be... It all depends on what you use it for, you know. I always say if they're like I have queens that like that have been doing drag for a very long time that have no want or need to meet and greet anybody, but I'm like, you know, there's great shopping. There's yeah. drag shopping. Yeah. And you need to, you know, bump into people you haven't seen in a long time and drag, you know, kind of all convenes in this one spot for a week. I think it's very cool what oh, they've yeah. done with that. And they're doing it again in um in the end, at the end of uh, May, 
Right. They're doing it, I think, is it is that Labor Day or Memorial Day? It's Memorial Day. Memorial Day weekend, I think it is, in Los Angeles. And uh, we just did New York, and they're fabulous. Yeah. I haven't been to one yet. We should have our own oh, booth in May. Um, that's hashtag goals, hashtag 2019 goals. Why not? I, Who knows? I mean, it could happen. I don't know. Yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Like they really, they really struggled with with Drag Race and, and Drag Queen. Well, like we said, RuPaul, RuPaul is a motherfucking marketing she's genius. A genius. She's a marketing Jesus and cheers. And you know, she really she and needs and to and call me Jesus because I got some ideas, girl. Perfecto. <laughs> Good. And um, hopefully that you know those people at World of Wonder will get to hear your ideas because. And they are trademarked. <laughs> they are trained already. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you, you know what you're doing. Fina, thank you so much for coming. Thank uh, you. Let's... And thank you, listeners, for listening to this entire episode. Give us five stars. You don't bother. Rate us. Tell your friends. Thank you, Jakarta. Anything else, Eric? <laughs> Shout out to Jakarta. No, no, that's it. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you.